0: One It's John Park's workshop, and uh, this is it. We're gonna do this thing, all of us together, right? Hello, people of Discord chat and YouTube. Hey, Matambale. Uh, we got Todd Bot in the house making disparaging remarks about music. Not nice, Todd. Uh, and hello, C Grover. Thanks for uh, giving us an update on the sound level. Let me know how the uh, the mic level is as well. Uh, hey walkwalk 90 in YouTube. Yes, this is John Park's workshop. Uh, it's true. Yes, it is. And welcome over on YouTube. Uh, and if you're over in the Facebook or Twitch, uh, come on by and chat in Discord if you want. I'm not watching those chats because I've got just the two eyeballs. So uh, let's get started, shall we? We've got um, all sorts of good stuff going on here today. Uh, so how about we kick it off with a, uh, a little notice, a little mention of Adabox 14. So Adabox 14 is, uh, shipping soon. Did you know that? That's right. Yeah, it's, um, look, there I am. Let me pop up the web browser to see because if you go to adabox.com, you'll see that it is 10 days uh, left to subscribe. That's right, it's 10 days left to subscribe. You have 10 days left to subscribe. Uh, It says so right there. Gosh, that's a lot of me back there. There we go. Uh, And you can subscribe for yourself and get this edition of the Adabox, Adabox 14, or you can give it as a gift. It makes for an excellent gift. For uh, someone in your life who you know, who might be interested in hopping on that journey train of electronics uh, learning and coding learning and making things learning, the AdaBox is perfect. It comes chock full of stuff, makes an excellent gift, and uh, we always provide a ton of guides to help you get started in learning about electronics and coding and making and the things that are inside of the box. Uh, Please, I implore you, go if you haven't and subscribe yourself or someone else to Adabox 14. I believe we have a small number left. The subscriptions go pretty quick, but we do have some left, it's true. So please, uh, go check out Adabox at adafruit.com slash adabox and you can subscribe. Uh, Let's see, what else? Hey, help wanted. We have a jobs board. It is at jobs.adafruit.com. And if you head there, You can take a look at some of these uh, exciting positions that are open. It is a free jobs board. It's free to post. It's free to post your info. We've got uh, some cool positions up there, including the sensor engineer, part-time or full-time, at the NYU School of Medicine. How about that? That could be interesting. Uh, So please, go check out jobs.adafruit.com. It's free. That's right. You don't pay anything at all. Nothing. Never. You never will. Uh, all right, let's see. What else have we got happening here? Hey, um, the coupon code for the day, in case you want to head on over to Adafruit and pick up some stuff, is get to the reindeer. That's right, get to the reindeer. Just as Arnold may have said, I wasn't paying attention. It might have been a chopper, but it might have been a reindeer or a sleigh. Uh, that might make more sense in a little bit, why I'm doing that horrible Arnold impression. But get to the reindeer, we'll get you 10% off in the store. And that's good on all the real physical stuff, not gift certificate subscriptions or software. But uh, if you put that code in your cart on the way out, you're gonna get 10% off. Uh, and speaking of, sorry Matambalay, that was probably a little loud, yeah. Speaking of stuff you might wanna put in your cart, how about the product of the week? So. My, uh, it's not a chopper. That's right, Andy Calloway. (laughs) Oh, this is gonna be a fun one. So products that you may, whoa, be interested in checking out include my product pick of the week, which is this Raspberry Pi keyboard and I call it the keyboard slash hub. I've actually got one right over there. We're gonna take a look at it uh, or I'm gonna be using it in a second, but cool thing about this keyboard is it's a nice little compact keyboard. Uh, You can see me holding it right here. It has a nice feel, and uh, it has a little USB hub built into the back. So it's got a micro USB cable for plugging it into your computer. That could be a Raspberry Pi or anything else you want. But then it has three USB-A type ports so that you can plug in peripherals, which is really nice when you're, uh, in particular, using a Raspberry Pi and you've got a limited number of ports, uh, particularly if you're using something like a Pi Zero, for example. Uh, That one USB port, you could go to this keyboard and then this keyboard can be your hub to other things. So I think it's a pretty cool keyboard. It's also cool looking. It's got this uh, gray coloring here and this uh, slaty blue plastic uh, underneath and on the back. So that's my pick of the week right there. Uh, Mr. Certainly asks, is that a rotary lineman's handset behind you? Yes, it is. And in fact, that's an excellent segue because that brings us to our Make Code Minute. All right. So for our Make Code Minute today, uh, what I wanted to do is show you, continuing in on our journey of old telephone technology. I'm going to show you how you can decode the pulses from a rotary dial telephone using a Circuit Playground Express inside of Make Code. And I'll show you first how this works in Make Code, and then we'll do a real demo. So. Uh, Here's my code. I will zoom in on this a little bit. You can see what I'm doing when I start up that matters here is I'm setting one of the pins to be a pull-up, to use an internal pull-up resistor, and that's how we're going to detect pulses on the dial. Um, So essentially a rotary dial telephone, when you turn the dial, it then is a um, momentary switch inside that's going to be flicking a, a um, circuit or connection on and off. So the next thing we do is we set a little timestamp, and this is called previous timestamp, and it's set to millis. Millis is something you can get from this control category, and it allows you to get the current time when something happened in elapsed milliseconds. We're also setting a variable called new number to true. Uh, so that means the first time we dial, we're essentially, the logic is going to think this is a new number we're dialing. Then this loop here, uh, what it does, it counts pulses and it updates NeoPixels. How this works. If the uh, pin on A5 is red, so it's gone, gone low to ground, then we're gonna set a, new, uh, a different variable as a timestamp, so we'll be able to compare it to that first one. It's called dial start timestamp. And then we have this little if-else statement, and what it does is, like the comment says, if the pulse that it receives is within 90 milliseconds um, of the start timestamp, then this is the dial turning, not a person starting a new number. Uh, Then when I receive a pulse, I set a NeoPixel to red and then we increment a counter so that every time it pulses during this journey, it's going to light up a NeoPixel red. Uh, If that timestamp is uh, broad enough, then this is a new number that was starting. Now, the way that we're using this is actually also as an HID keyboard. So it'll enter, it's not only decoding the pulses, but it's entering them into uh, a computer. I have a Raspberry Pi set up over there. So when a, uh, a, a timestamp says, this is not a um, new digit inside of the dial, but it's, we've completed going one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, the pause there is big enough that it says, oh, that must be the, we're, we're done counting those little clicks, that's a seven. Uh, So then it types a 7 into the uh, HID keyboard. In the case that I use a 0, that's actually going to count 10 pulses, but I'm sending a 0 instead of a 10. So let's see it in action. I'm going to pop over to uh, this down shooter here, and let me hide my view. So what you'll see is I have a rotary dial telephone, I have Circuit Playground Express in our little case here, and I've got, you can see, a little uh, window open with numbers. So if I dial, let's say a 4, It just counted four pulses and then the pause was long enough that it decided it was done counting pulses and it typed in a four there. So we can do an eight, we can do a one, we can do another one, we can go all the way up to the zero and we get the zero rather than ten and so on. So this is able to count that timing precisely enough to decode the rotary dial telephone. And that is how you can decode a rotary dial telephone using Circuit Playground Express and use it as an HID keyboard input device for, let's say, entering in numeric passwords uh, or as part of a uh, puzzle or an escape room type of thing. Or maybe you open your secret vault with it. I don't know how you're going to use it, but that's how you do it right inside of MakeCode. And that is your MakeCode Minute. All right, um, so that has exhausted my current supply of interesting uh, telephone techniques that we can do in the Make Code Minute with uh, a Circuit Playground Express. But if you think of something else or it could, it could be other communication stuff, uh, let me know. Let me know in the, in the Discord chat or in the YouTube chat and uh, we'll, uh, we'll consider some other interesting retro tech that we can use inside of MakeCode uh, and our Circuit Playground Express. So, um, by the way, one thing that just occurs to me in the old days, there were um, dual-tone multifunction dialers set up to help you when you had a rotary phone, but you didn't have a DTMF phone yet. And we could do that with this, combining last week's project and this one. We could decode pulses and then send out the uh, DTMF tones, which would be kind of cool. All right, well, that now is going to take us into our... uh, MakeCode Arcade Game of the Week. So our MakeCode Arcade Game Pick of the Week is, let me move some stuff around, uh, it is Hungry Square. Let me zoom this up for you. So Hungry Square is by we code, Make code, and they have an excellent website where they explain uh, the projects that they're working on. It's a, I believe a grandmother-granddaughter coding team. And uh, here is their site. We code, make code, and this is a nice explanation of how the game works. Let me show you the game itself. So I'm gonna expand this to full, and let's see if I can restart. So this is a chomping game, and you can see what's going on here. The thing that I think is interesting is you've got essentially three streams of randomized food that are coming into the screen, and there's a running percentage of the number of pieces of food that have been spewed into the scene. What percentage have you collected? So here you can see I'm up to 78, 79, 80%. And if I let some go by, if I stay in my lane here and and miss them, you can see that that percentage is going to start to go down, 72, 71. So I thought this was a really interesting uh, example of some coding techniques that we could take a look at. Uh, and the main one is this notion of instead of counting points, is counting percentage of uh, food that's come onto the screen that has been eaten. Uh, and the reason, as the WeCode make code uh, people explain for doing this, is that there's a randomization going on on the timing of the release of the food. So the game lasts for one minute. It's how many can you get in the minute? And so for this to be fair, from player to player to player trying to get their high score, since there's randomization to the number of uh, projectiles or food that come onto the screen, you can't just count the, the straight number. You can't say, uh, oh, I got 500 and I win, because someone might have played a game where only 470 came out. Uh, so instead, the use of the percentage is really terrific. Um, and where you'll see this uh, inside the code, let me make sure you can see that there, yeah, uh, is this... Uh, Right here, so there's this set score, this variable being set to a rounding of 100 multiplied by n foods eaten, uh, which is tallied every time you eat a a piece of food, right here with this this, uh, overlap sprite uh, block here divided by the number of foods launched. So every time that that particle comes on or that projectile comes onto the screen of a piece of food, that is incremented as well. So we keep a running tally of the percentage eaten. Um, So I thought that was really cool. It's a a very interesting programming exercise to look at and it's also kind of fun. Uh, And you can challenge your friends to see who can get the high score. Uh, And I also like the cute character design. So really nice job and that is uh, why this is our Make Code Arcade game pick of the week, Hungry Square. Amazing the amount of differing kinds of projects and games that people are making inside of Make Code Arcade. I really dig it. Uh, all right, let's see. The, um, oh, that's funny. I was just looking in the chat over here, uh, in the Discord chat. Toddbot mentions that you can get a lineman's handset on mono price, so yeah, typically if you want a lineman's handset, I think, I can't remember if I've shown this off before on here, but this is a, what was called a butt set or a, a lineman's handset, so telephone uh, repairs people would carry these out uh, into the field and they have alligator clips on the end, that's what I've got plugged into the, um, the Circuit Playground Express here. Uh, let me pop that off of there for a second and show you. So there's, there's these two alligator clips here, and I've got them clipped onto ground and the A5 pad that I was reading. Uh, so this can be used to uh, listen in on phone calls, to test a line essentially, and it's got that rotary dial on there as well as listen and press to talk here. But uh, apparently you can still get these handsets on Monoprice, uh, yeah, also called a Botinsky. And I'm wondering if any of them also still have a rotary dial. I'm guessing not, they're probably all DTMF. Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's the uh, phone freak uh, moment of the week, I guess. All right, uh, so moving on, let's see. There were, uh, I think there was just a couple things I wanted to mention before we get into the project of the week. And um, one of those is that I was at the uh, Hackaday Super Conference over last uh, Friday and over the weekend which was a lot of fun, and I'm sure you've seen a lot of talk about things uh, at the conference. One thing that goes on is there's these uh, little add-ons, SAO add-ons that uh, are made to plug into the conference badge. It's sort of a standard. And I got this really cool add-on from Dave Darko, uh, who's a hardware hacker, who was visiting us from Germany. Thank you for this, first of all. It's a little Mr. Robot. uh, And this uh, has a little, PCB layout for doing, I think it's an AT85 um, microcontroller to do a little sound circuit. Uh, A thing about this is this is done entirely with the Oshpark After Dark um, board type. So if you're familiar with doing PCBs on Oshpark, they've traditionally been purple. They're known for that, but now they have this uh, black fiberglass board substrate and clear solder mask so that you can essentially make your silk screen, which is the white, and your copper, which is the, uh, the copper there, show up uh, under the, the um, clear solder mask there. So you can do some pretty sophisticated and cool looking art with that. Uh, also, uh, something that I was excited about is if, let me see, I don't know if, yeah, I've got one here. So a lot of you might be familiar with the, uh, in fact, I'm gonna switch over to this camera for this so you can see this from a down shooter perspective. Um, So a lot of you, excuse me, Santa, might be familiar with the Maker Notebook. Straighten this camera a little bit. So these Maker Notebooks were uh, designed by Gareth Branwen and uh, some of the other editors and team at Make Magazine many years ago and they're excellent lab notebooks for putting in uh, projects as you're working on them. In fact, there was some Lucio Blaster uh, (laughs) circuit diagrams and overlays of mine from a few years ago. And these have these great um, pinouts and charts and uh, circuits and things listed in the back. Uh, and recently, just a, a couple days ago, I got this in the mail, which is, uh, reminds me of it. And this is from Tom Whitwell of Music Thing Modular. And it is a similar idea. It's a lab notebook, but it's actually expressly designed for people who are designing modular synthesizers uh, in, in specific Eurorack. But a couple of cool things is the dot pitch. That's going to be a little bright there. But the, uh, the dot pitch of this is uh, 2.54 millimeter, which is the same... Uh, as your legs on most of your common circuits, so, or components, so you can lay things on and draw them out on there. Uh, and it's also got a whole section of face plates that are different sizes of, of your rack faceplates. Sorry, that's really blown out there. Let me turn off one light real quick. Maybe that'll help. Oh, that's not responding. There we go. Uh, a little darker there, yeah. Uh, and so these are different faceplate sizes. And I know this is really specific uh, sort of inside baseball for people who are doing Eurorack modular, but I thought it was a neat idea for uh, other types of uh, electronics and making ho- making hobbies. Uh, I could totally see someone doing an updated version of this maker's notebook or maybe something a little more specific to a hobby. So uh, thanks to Tom for that, and I think those are going to be available at Thonk, uh, which is a synth site, pretty soon, if not today. Um, so... That is my little show-and-tell of nifty stuff for the week. And now let's get into our project build of the week. Uh, let's let's see. We'll throw that up. Project build. And let me come over to this camera for a second. And I will show you up close my project build of the week. Where did I, where I put it? Uh, and let me grab that off of here. I was just stretching the... Uh, paracord on it. And hold on. I'm going to do a big reveal. Not that probably most of you don't already know what's coming, but for the sake of drama, let's pop that on. There we go. That is ho, ho, ho! Get to the India! Again, right? There's a coupon code. Um, So That is our project of the week, which is an updated version of our uh, Terminator Eye. And we decided to do a cyberpunk Santa Claus. Uh, And this is using, uh, instead of Teensy or some of the other ways we've done these, Halloween. this is actually using our uh, Circuit Playground Blue Fruit and the Gizmo TFT. And so I've built this into a EVA foam holder. Uh, and the inspiration for this is that Mad-Eye Moody character from the Harry Potter series. If you've seen, uh, read the books or seen the movies, there's, the, there's a, a kind of wandering eye. Uh, and the challenge with these is, is mostly in the mounting. How do, you, how do you wear a thing like that? You don't want it poking you in the eye. Um, and yeah, uh, Mr. Certainly says, I love that eye design. All credit to Phil B., our own Paint Your Dragon, for designing the code and the graphic for this uh, sort of Terminator eye. Uh, and so, let me jump over to the workbench and show you kinda of the evolution of the design a little bit and uh, how you can make your own. So, I'll zoom in a bit like so. Uh, so what I'm starting with is we actually sell these EVA foam uh, multicolor packs now in the Adafruit store. So starting with just a red sheet of that I made a little template, and uh, the, the the truth is the way I did it is I kind of freeform designed one first. This is uh, the one I did first using some scrap leather that I had left over. This one's got a charging circuit plugged into it. Um, so I took a I took this piece of leather here and essentially wrapped some waxed thread around the uh, interface between the two parts. Let me try to get enough light on that so you can see it. So, uh, you can kind of see that, yeah. So there is the uh, posts that the gizmo has right there. That's what's inside there. So I essentially trapped it uh, by wrapping twine and, and tying it tightly and then decided to attach some uh, leather grommets to this and use a a little post to sort of tie this onto the back because I didn't want to have this in my face. Uh, So that, that there has not yet been secured, but that gave me kind of a, uh, let me switch cameras here for you. That gave me kind of this um, cyberpunk feel like this, and I used a little uh, elastic strapping to hold that in place. So that gives us kind of a piratey looking uh, setup. But I wanted to do something that was a little more reproducible than the leather, but I did like this idea of uh, wrapping the intersection between the two parts in some string. So I Reproduced that in foam, and then I sketched out something and created it in. Sorry, this camera is tilted. Uh, I reproduced this in a CAD drawing so that I could print out a guide. And so I'm going to put a, a, a template guide in the in the learn guide that you can print this out. It'll just fit on a single sheet of foam, uh, basically eight and a half by eleven sheet of foam. And if you carefully cut out this uh, top layer and this bottom layer what you'll end up with is a circle that covers the corners of the screen. So you just get a circular portion of the screen visible there on that side. And on this back side, we get a little flap that allows you to still get to the buttons if you need to. Uh, But also I've got holes laid out so that you can uh, drill or or rather kind of poke through the foam and then uh, screw through that into Uh, The connection between the two parts. So, when you're connecting, I'll zoom back in here for you. When you're connecting the uh, gizmo to the Circuit Playground Express, what matters is is the contact between these uh, two surfaces here. So, it's okay that I actually have um, something in the way here, the foam in the way with the screws, because as long as these are all pressed to each other, we still get enough of a uh, a contact for that to work and that's, that's how it's working in in all of these cases here. So you can see there's my foam on the back, uh, screwed through. There's a little flap there so I can still get to the controls but this is where your eye is so you really don't want to get poked with a button in the eye so that's, that's why I left that little flap there. Uh, we can unplug it and plug it in with uh, this right here and this is how we're going to charge the battery. So I was using one of these little USB Uh, battery charging circuits. So you just plug that into the LiPo battery and then plug it into the side of a laptop or I've got a a big backup battery there. So plug that in and that's going to charge. And then you can just kind of carefully grip and wiggle that. You don't want to pull on the wire, so you do have to be a little careful. Uh, And there it goes. Now, one thing I did here is that With the foam, sort of like the leather, part of the reason this works is that we're able to stretch the material. So this is actually, as you can see, larger than this piece here that's underneath because this gets folded and bent down and uh, formed across the surface a little bit there. And there's a couple of puckers in there uh, that will happen naturally. But by pressing this down, we can get to where those are roughly equal. Uh, and then I'm just using a little bit of uh, super glue. That works best for this EVA foam. I wouldn't try hot glue, that'll, that'll generally melt things and be a mess, but the um, super glue works well. You can, as long as you don't leak it uh, outside, you can use a couple of paper clips to uh, clamp that while it dries. It does not stick that well, so it's not gonna hold itself. So you, you wanna do maybe a couple of dots here and there, and then I did a couple of them higher up here and here. And that just helps it all stay together. And then ultimately uh, this wrap that I'm using here is what's keeping the foam pressed down into this shape as well as giving you something to tie it around your head. So this is just going through the the foam to hide the, uh, the string a little bit and attach it to these flaps here. You could do away with that, your design can, can vary. Um, and then you could just tie this uh, paracord in the back. You could add some elastic to it if you wanted to. Um, let's see if I have some, some of this stuff. It's like simple sewing notions type of elastic would work well, just to maybe as a little band back there so that it just stretches and sticks to your head. I got uh, a couple of these clasps. Um, that you can get them where you buy your paracord, which I got at the hardware store. They call these uh, bracelet buckles for people were doing paracord bracelets. Uh, And you could do something nicer with the ends here. I've just woven it through in a way that I can tighten it a little bit and then this could probably use a couple of figure four knots or something or figure eights to um, get that out of the way like that and then maybe glue it down. I also, since I didn't wanna knot this here, I did dab this with a couple of dots of super glue at each of those little twists. So you can see I twisted that around a few times there. And then that's how I had it drying, I just clamped that, uh, it was being pulled between two objects and a vice, uh, bench vice so that that would dry nicely. Um, and so that is uh, the basics of, of putting together the eye. You can use different eye patterns on there. We have uh, this Terminator eye and there's actually an updated guide. Let me, uh, let me show you, Phil B just updated as Phil B. is wont to do for the remainder of his days he will be updating Eyeball Guides. Uh, So if we look over here this is the TFT Gizmo Animated Eye Guide and so it's a collection of ready to run UF2 files for Circle Playground Blue Fruit and the Express and uh, the TFT Gizmo as the display. And so you can see these are just uh, files that you can download that will uh, allow you to drag and drop so you'll essentially plug the board in, double-click the reset button so it goes into bootloader mode, and then you just drag the UF2 file on. Um, and then you can also choose to look at some of the other more advanced guys for customization tips. If you want to try compiling your own code uh, and using uh, Arduino, then you could make other eyes, uh, but that's a, a bit more involved. And so for this nice, easy, quick start, we have this collection of different eyes that will Excuse me, just download and play on your board. Um, And then without making any promises we can't necessarily keep, there's a chance that we'll be also adding some NeoPixel support uh, to this particular one because I thought it would be cool with uh, my Cyber Santa outfit here. Let's let's throw this back on. So I've got my little clasps here. Click that into place. I've got my Santa... There we go. <laughs> and so what I want to do is get some NeoPixels in the, uh, in the beard here maybe. Uh, so it'd be nice to use one of the JST plugs on the side of the uh, Gizmo. If you look on the back of the Gizmo, it actually has these two ports that you can use and you can plug in uh, a NeoPixel strip into one of those. It'll give you power ground and data line. Uh, so we may be able to get that working. If we get that working, then I might try to backlight the uh, the beard with some pixel y ness Oh, and of course, Toddbot already just plused it a bit and said we should make the pom-pom light up. Oh, I'm looking in the camera and can't find the pom-pom. Uh, sure, what else? All right, light up pom-pom. Maybe that would be cool, too. I shake my fist at you. Uh, <laughs> thank you for the suggestion. I appreciate it and uh oh there's a nice one Bornox says we can fake the president's eye fool an iris scanner and use this to steal nuclear weapon just like in half of all james bond movies and episodes of mission impossible i like that no one will be suspicious either if you walk into the pentagon uh as very obvious santa claus people will usually get out of your way um all right well i gotta tell you it's been a lot of fun i hope you've enjoyed it too Uh, oh yeah, Yanni Turin mentions with the lens, that would be cool too. So we have our 40 millimeter lens that we could pop in there that would give it a nice look. I like that idea. So that, that might be a fun, um, upgrade and it won't be that hard to do with the EVA foam. You could maybe expand that circle a little before cutting it, or I'm going to guess you won't even need to. And if you just push the, the lens into the back there, you will be able to, to get one of those, either the acrylic or the glass lenses in there. Uh, all right. So... I know it's a little early for Christmas, but I wanted to get this done so that you could build one in time for Christmas, give you, give you a little chance to get it ready. So I can't just publish this right, right at Christmas. Uh, or you may, maybe want to attend your Thanksgiving festivities as Santa Claus. Um, yeah, FS says, I will try this with the Halloween. Yeah, this should work with any uh, Halloween, Halloween M0 or M4. Uh, also good for making Santa Claus uh, cyber... Uh, masks and uh, I guess since I said Santa Claus I have to say, get to the India! Because that will get you 10% off in the store today and uh, that's all I got for you. So thank you uh, once again for Adafruit Industries. I'm John Park and this has been Santa Claus's Workshop. I will see you next time. (laughs)